interesting being the host for once on a podcast. This is going to be very, very interesting. All the pressure. <laughs> pressure. All the pressure. Under pressure. Ding, 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 ding. All righty. Well, welcome, Brown Coats, to Aiming to Misbehave, a Firefly podcast, part of the Nerd Trek Network. I am your pilot, David. I'm here with my co pilot, Kara. Hello. Go ahead and say hi, Kara. And we have a couple of uh, civvies that we've brought on board for transport, including Jeff. Hello there. And Phil. Hi. And uh, we're going to be walking through some Firefly. We're going to be showing these newbies what it's like out here in the black and traveling through the verse. So you guys, I understand, have not seen any Firefly. You have listened to me talk about it on our other podcast, our uh, parent podcast, I guess we could call it, the Nerd Trek podcast, where we're going through all of Star Trek. We call and it the Mothership. I'm the newbie. We could yes. call it the Mothership. Why not? Uh, where I'm the newbie and you guys are the seasoned veterans. So now the tables have turned, thanks to our co-pilot, Kara, who uh, put a challenge out to Jeff to help him get to 1,000 followers and in return torture him for 15 episodes in a movie. So here it, That's we true. get to let it begin. <laughs> Uh, and I, didn't, so, I didn't have to do anything. Yes, absolutely. You didn't have to do anything. Um, so as your host, uh, I have seen Firefly over and over and over again. Uh, I think I've watched it now four times in the last week, just in preparation for this. But I love this show. Uh, I'm I'm a brown coat through and through. Uh, Kara, tell us about your uh, Firefly-ness. <laughs> Well, uh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I watched it when it was on the TV. And then I got the DVDs a long time ago. And I watch it every once in a while, you know? Well, can I ask both of you something? Like, what what drew you into it? Like, what was like, like, because I know you guys watch Battlestar and Star Trek or Star Wars. But, like, what about Firefly was like, I like this show. Like, what drew you into it? You know, I watched it for the first time. <laughs> Space Cowboys. Space Cowboys. That, that's probably the best way. Yeah, I, I didn't see this when it was on the air, uh, when Fox aired it. I was told from somebody, and I do not remember who, that said, oh, you really like Star Wars and you really like sci-fi. You got to watch Firefly. And similar to the reaction you guys had when they told me what it was, oh, it's this space western thing where they're flying around and then occasionally there's these rage zombies. I'm like, what? But... I gave it a shot and fell in love about halfway through the first episode and just, and, and you get to the end and you do feel heartbroken that it's gone, <laughs> but. Okay. I, I was just, I was curious. Oh, absolutely. No, I get that. Um, so today we are covering the episode Serenity, not to be confused with the Serenity movie that they made a couple years after Firefly was canceled. Uh, which they did because it was so absolutely popular and the fans were up in arms and they saw a way to make money. Let's be honest. That was mostly it. Um, but we don't have to cover too much about what I think about this episode. I think it's amazing. I love the the writing in it. I love the delivery. I love the acting in it. And I love the story kind of all around. And we'll go into some of the backgrounds of that. But uh, Kara, what do you think of the opening episode pilot for Serenity? You mean the last episode? <laughs> well, the, the yes. Ah, so absolutely, yep. Yeah. So for those of you who don't, oh, I know, I think we Fox need to talk about it. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. One of the reasons that this got canceled after just a, few, a handful of episodes is because Fox aired them out of order. So this was the original written pilot as a two-hour episode for Firefly that Joss Whedon made. And the week before they were going to begin shooting, Fox came to him and said, yeah, we don't feel like this has enough action in it. We want you to write a different pilot. And he had one weekend to write The Train Job, which ended up being the first episode that aired and the actual pilot, which is why when you watch the two episodes, you'll notice they kind of introduce the characters and do a couple of things a second time, but in a faster motion, because they had to still kind of introduce everybody up front, and he knew that was going to be airing first. But this episode ended up being the last one that was aired, even though it wasn't even supposed to be the last one aired. They canceled it out early, and there were supposed to be episodes that followed it. So um, that is part of the reason that Firefly... Yeah, that's part of the reason that Firefly lived such a short life. They aired them out of order, and there's three episodes that did not air at all. Um, Trash, The Message, and Heart of Gold never aired, and The Message was supposed to be the final episode that aired, and they did kind of a whole tribute in it. We'll get to that when we get to that episode, but that didn't even get shown. They just did this one and then said, done. So if you were trying to watch this back in 2002, you're like, what's happening (laughs) Because that's, it's like putting, it would be like watching the first episode of Star Trek at the end. That makes zero sense. This is totally a pilot episode. That's absolutely right. That's exactly what they did to it. They kind of murdered murdered Firefly, unfortunately. And it started out on Friday nights, aired out of order when everybody, before DVRs, guys, before everybody could record their stuff. And so nobody watched it because they're out on Friday nights doing things. And then they moved it to Tuesdays. And that was even worse. And I think they put it at a very late time slot and they jumped it around all over the place. So people who actually were trying to watch it couldn't figure out when it was on. I don't know why you would start a show out on a Friday night. Friday nights are where shows go to die. Yeah. Yeah. Not premiere brand new. Uh, I'm so confused. Well, especially (laughs) this first episode, because you can just tell it's 90 minutes. There's a lot of extras. There's big scenes. He's world building. Like you pump all this money into it. Why are you putting it on a Friday? You just like, that's like, that's a death sentence. Cause it didn't have enough action. And that oh, was a big part of executives. it too was Fox pitched it as an action comedy. And it's really not, this is a kind of a serious character study of each of these characters that we see on the ship. All nine of them, they go into depth, even in the 15 episodes that ended up being made, you get a pretty deep look at all of them. But Tell us about this episode, Kara. What did well, you like about it? Well, I think you touched on one of the one of the things I wanted to say is that this this episode does a really really good job of kind of giving you an in depth but quick insight into each character. I think each each character gets their own moments. You sort of figure out their personalities really quickly. Um, but yeah, I love this episode. It's a good one. Alrighty, Jeff. What did you think? Yeah, I can see that. I mean, this is a typical pilot. It's everyone kind of gets their beats. You get a little bit of their personality in it. I mean, especially like, because so we've we've watched the first two episodes for this, but it's like, if you don't see the first one, then you don't have no idea who River is. You're just like, like you don't get all the drama behind it and this like, you know, undercover uh, federal officer and the war. It's just like, none of that would make sense. It's just, you're just getting it via exposition in the second episode. And that's, God, that's would just bother me to no end. Yeah, yeah, I think that but, bothered a lot of people. But yeah. what did you think of the episode now that you've seen it? And uh, so I know I agree with 
with Kara. Every you know, it's uh, the characters get their moments. Um, it's a good pilot. I think it's. I don't think there's any like really good pilots because you have to do so much exposition in a pilot and explain everything. So nothing's going to hit the ground running usually. Um, but I think this is pretty good. You get to know who the characters are. You get to know the world a little bit. Um, it was fine. I wasn't like uh, enthralled by it, but it was fine. If I had seen this on TV, I, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'll watch a few more. Okay. All right. And then, uh, I don't know, the look on Phil's face makes me not want to say this, but <laughs> Phil, what did you think? <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just thoroughly perplexed because first off, I didn't like it. I didn't understand what was going on. Didn't, this isn't a pilot episode. There's no introduction, no, no, nothing. I couldn't even, after watching the first episode, I could have told you one person's, uh, two people's names. Shepard. Who's that? Uh, Shepard and Mal. That's it. I was about to say Shepard and book are the same person. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, but I don't. Okay. So when, when I'm trying to still, get my head around the timeline when so we watched this episode first when did it actually air it, it aired, aired last. last last so they they ended up airing 12 okay, of the so 15. they made why another did, pilot why did we watch and this they aired first? that first because there's none of the typical pilot episode things in it oh it was I, supposed to be a pilot well it was supposed to be the pilot and it does have kind of your typical um pilot stuff i think at least you know you have a flashback of the war to give the backstory and understand mal and zoe's relationship and then you see all the people that come on board the ship for the first time you meet shepherd book you meet simon but they don't say anybody's name they do meet meet river a little bit yeah well, they do they say shepherd other, says it they they do. Sitting outside the ship and kaylee <sighs> now you don't you don't get all of their extreme backstories there is an episode coming up where you do get that uh later on this season but I feel like it was a pretty good, as close as you can to hit the ground running. They gave just enough for you to kind of understand who all these people are, why they're on the ship, why they're going around together. And yeah. then, yeah, I don't kind of, maybe I was expecting more from it. And I ama- <sighs> because well, this has been hyped up a lot the, for you guys. <laughs> the, the budget for this show is less than what they made the next generation on 25 years prior. Mm. Which well, that's kind funny. of I didn't even look up the budget, which kind of blows sense. me away. Yeah, it's like between one and two million an episode. And yeah, TNG from episode one was almost two million per episode. And there was like no effects. I was I'm like, what's going on? This is supposed to be sci fi in space. And we get the kind of these crappy shots of the ship going through space occasionally and not even for very long. Oh yeah. You had no idea what you were in for. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and I, I guess I, the other thing I didn't realize was that it's supposed to be like a space Western, which that immediately turned me off as well. I think (laughs) I'm like, this is the the 26th century. Why are we using six shooters and shotguns still? I don't know. Well, so the okay, so the way that the because show I know came I knew about, z- I know zero about Firefly other than what I've heard from David over the last three years. Yeah, but I thought I I thought I mentioned space western at some point. Never. Um, I know, I know uh, yeah, the, the the way that the show came about is because Joss Whedon read a book about the Civil War called The Killer Angels by Michael Shara, which is about soldiers on both sides of the the Battle of Gettysburg, and 
he started thinking about that and kind of saying, okay, what happens with the people who lost the war after the war? Okay. Because you still have to live in the same country with these people. You still have to right. go. And then he thought he, he said, kind of said, okay, I'm going to take that and kind of that old West theme. And we're going to put that in the future a little bit. And with the general concept of, yeah, in the future, we've got better technology, but unlike Star Trek, it's not a utopian place where everybody has learned to be better. And we're trying to just have kind of these dilemmas. We're still going to have the same moral and ethical and some often physical problems that they do now. But if you look at the technology that they're using, it's advanced, but none of it's like lasers and tractor beams and things you might make like a laser gun out of. No, it's so like it kind of makes we sense. can get we can get to space. That's about it. Well, and at least where they are. So you don't know this yet in the series, but they're out in kind of the rim. Think of Star Wars. Yeah, and that's the other thing. I, I Getting to watch both episodes helped back watching them back to back. Because knowing now that we've consumed everything on Earth, that makes sense. If they would have told me that at the beginning of this episode, like, hey, we've okay, had this true. war... And it scattered the population because Earth has been consumed. So we've had to terraform all these other planets. And I'm like, oh, OK, I get it now. Uh, but, yes, the Earth that but, was. Yeah, but get it. But having to watch it like this and not understanding, I'm like, OK, what are we fighting a war for? What's happening? That's OK. I could see where you're where you're coming from on that. I mean, the, I feel yeah. like the only hint that they gave you that there is civilization is the alliance cruiser that comes by because it looks like a giant floating city with skyscrapers on it um yeah which is which um, i thought was yeah and, and i don't and i, I don't want to make this like an hour-long bitch session about the episode <laughs> because like i said the second episode I why not i've done it to you <laughs> fair point hey, if you think it's a stinker say it's a stinker i have no problem with that but yeah, um, it, it was just I missing just, a lot of the key things that would have helped me who had zero knowledge of anything firefly um kind of start to piece it together and figure it out okay. so i don't know setting setting aside your qualms with it being a pilot was there anything about the episode that you did like <laughs> not this one oh okay not not the writing well, or some of the lines or anything. The no, and, and that's the other thing. I it's space western. I don't like the delivery. I don't like them using vernacular. Uh, that's oh yeah, we're talking like we're in the wild west, but it's the fucking twenty sixth century. It's like we're not. It's it's a sh I don't know. It's such a dichotomy. It's like everything seems like it should be old west eighteen hundreds, but it's taking place seven hundred years later. So. I don't know. Maybe it's just something I'll get more used to as they talk or as they as they as I as we watch more episodes. But for this one and just trying to figure out half the time what the hell they were trying to get across. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. not a fan. I guess I guess I didn't have any trouble understanding. In fact, this episode has some of my favorite lines delivered in the whole series. Uh, I think when they when Jane shoots the the agent and they look up and he's got his mouth drooling half off his face. I was aiming for his head. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever laughed harder than that. But that was in the I next episode, wasn't it? That was in the second one. Oh, did I mix even these up? Yes. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Let, let me ask well, you guys. So David and Kara, cause you've seen this before and, but it makes more sense now that David referenced that, Whedon had read this Civil War book. So basically, they're the Confederacy, right? Like, they're the Southerners. 
And kind of, yeah. But now we they're sympathetic and it's like, I mean, obviously they're not actually the Confederacy, but it's like if there's that tone, it's kind of a weird tone. Well, he puts he does put a twist on it by making the alliance this authoritarian uh, the concept is before Earth that was was scattered, the alliance was formed between the US and China into this authoritarian superpower, and they're basically the ones who run everything, which is why you have so much Chinese culture mixed into everything. It's why they swear in Chinese, which, by the way, are real swears. Mm-hmm. They did it in Chinese to get it past the censors, and the censors didn't catch it. <laughs> oh, okay, is that which, the whole reason why which, they're – I was wondering why they were speaking uh, – I was like, okay, I yeah. recognize the words. Why are they yeah, using it, it here? It, it was a it was like a thing in the early aughts where they would like figure out ways to swear on TV. Like in in Battlestar, they said frack and all that stuff. I mm-hmm. I liked I liked it. Um, it, it it sort of takes some learning beyond watching to kind of understand all of the alliance stuff. Um, I don't think they get into it as much as they should. Um of the like before times, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I, I, so the way I see it, I didn't know about the book about the civil war, but the way I see it is that they're sort of rebels that got kicked off, uh, because they fought a war and they lost. Right. So, um, even to your point, Phil, at, like the technology isn't there because like they, they were on a world that was like advancing technologically but then everything went to shit. And so they're out in the middle of nowhere. They have a ship that's breaking down constantly. They have what they have. And, you know, they're not going to have top of the line stuff. So. That is that, kind of the concept. That does make it's not sense. That these don't, it's not that they don't exist. It's that they're out in the boonies in the old west. Well, and that's what's left to them is pistols and shotguns. <laughs> Well, okay. let's let's look at it this way. Like I'm sitting on a computer and I have my iPhone in my hand, but if you go to like Africa or some very poor countries, they're barely trying to find water. Like that's like we're still dealing with this now because that's just how life is very imbalanced. Yeah. Okay, so that's- the the opening scene when it's supposed to be like 6 years before is that yeah. battle that war is that taking place on Earth? No, that takes place. Oh, I forget the name of the planet. Hera. Okay, so it's, but that's the okay, Battle of Serenity Valley that ended up ending the war. Okay, and then are th- are they fighting the alliance? Then they are. That's the alliance forces that they're fighting okay, against. Okay, so they've got they like the alliance, and they're kind of like on. the rebellion. Kind yeah. of, yeah. It is. It is essentially like the Civil War. They are kind of like the Confederates, but as if the Nazis had been fighting the Confederates and the Confederates lost. So like they got this technology, but they're more authoritarian. They're not sharing and being nice. And they're just. And then, yeah, now that they've spread out into space, space, they control all the core planets. All the core planets are very developed. You'll see this later on in the series and they are making money away as far away from that as they can, where they're less likely to get caught and perform illegal stuff. Mm. Uh, Capitalism. Okay, so that was going to be my other question then. (laughs) So because I I get that they're like taking missions like way out on the edges and the the colonies or planets that are kind of on the fringe. Is that because Mm -hmm. they're wanted because of the war? Or what what prevents them? Definitely in part um, they are wanted because of the war, but it's also more 
imagine you've got uh, moonshiners that are running stuff, smugglers. Mm -hmm. They're staying in the Midwest and they're going to stay out of urban areas as much as possible because that's where the police are. Okay. And if you get caught doing that, you're in deep trouble. Okay, that's fine. I I didn't. That was the other thing where I was kind of going back. I was like, well, why are why would they do that? It's like, okay, yeah, they lost the war or whatever. But that makes sense. Yeah. So if they're if they're in trouble, like if they get picked up and we kind of see that in the next episode, too. Um, yeah. And there okay. and there will be some episodes down the line that talk a little bit about that, too. How Mal and Zoe ended up with the ship in the first place and why they're they're running around. There is an episode coming up down the line called Out of Gas that I think would have made a really good pilot episode um also and that goes back and kind of covers a lot of the beginning stuff yeah but, see and, and i've um, gotten more storyline and and figured out what's going on more in this last 15 minutes talking to you guys <laughs> than i did in a 90 minute episode that drug <laughs> on and on it might have been might as well have been nine days yeah so okay at least it's starting to make sense now in my head all I'm right like, fair okay, enough I'm, I'm getting it so it's it's actually this is actually improving my my feeling about the episode overall <laughs> oh, okay cool so what would the philometer rating be I, on I, i'm this not even episode? there yet <laughs> <laughs> it needs a baseline all right all right we'll get to that in a little bit um so the people who made firefly love their uh easter eggs they like to put hints from stuff in there did anybody notice when he in that opening scene when he's in the battle and he jumps up on the skiff that has the anti-air cannon to shoot down the ship there is a big symbol underneath it did anybody recognize that symbol I wasn't paying attention. Didn't even know what I was looking for. I'm sure Kara does. Kara, do you know what the symbol is? I didn't hear you. So in the opening scene where Mal jumps onto the anti-aircraft cannon on that skiff to shoot down the plane, there is a big Mm -hmm. recognizable symbol on the skiff underneath it. Did you happen to recognize what that was? No. It's the Weyland-Yutani Corporation symbol from Aliens. It's that big W. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So they yeah. decided to insert that into there. So it's kind of funny. By the time, if you take this and you uh, and you start looking at some of the Easter eggs, it, it melds with the Alien universe. It actually melds with the Star Wars universe, too, in several ways. Um, in the scene where Inara's shuttle is coming back and docking on the ship, a Imperial shuttle from Star Wars goes flying by right overhead. <laughs> Just like from the one that went to Endor. Uh, and you end up seeing one later in the in the show as well. And then, can I ask I about her? So sure. So yeah. they. So she. The ambassador. The ambassador. So they. <laughs> and and Mal makes a comment. He says, "Oh, um, we keep her on board because like you're supposed to have one, or they expect you to have one. Like, what's? Can you explain not, companions not, to me? Not so much that, but in this, companions are legal. So similar to in the old West, how prostitutes would hang out in the saloon and they were completely justified in doing what they were doing. They were not outside the law at all. What he's saying is that having a companion on board means a lot of planets will allow them to land and get in, whereas Mm. they wouldn't otherwise because they'd have to come up with a story or some legitimate reason for being there or Uh. try to lie about something and hope that they do. But if you say we've got a companion who has these very rich people lined up to see we need to come down and land you're a lot more likely to get docking clearance so gotcha. it, it brings them okay. up it brings them a level of respectability as he mentioned uh to have one on board I and mean, that's what he means is there's a lot of places that won't even let you land unless you have her mm-hmm. with you which may yeah. or may not be true he probably right. could work his way around it he's pretty clever but <laughs> i'm curious yes. about their relationship because uh, i mean 
we get that he's a little short with her and kind of snippy, but then there's like, he does care. So there's something there, but he's kind of a hard ass to everybody. They do a really good job of multi-layering their characters. Cause you do, you get that he's a smart ass. His character is supposed to be based on Han Solo. So it's a bit yeah. of that gruff. What? Costume kind what? Of looks the same. No. what? What? Who oh, knew? Shit. And the, <laughs> and the serenity or not, sorry, not the serenity. It's just serenity is uh, modeled after the Millennium Falcon as well. Not obviously in its shape, but in the concept of it being an old junker ship that is actually really pretty good, but he doesn't keep it up. Yeah, it's he doesn't sleeper. keep the parts going on it. He constantly, it's breaking. Yeah, and it's, like, so much, it's like you see a 53 Edsel, but you lift up the hood and it's got like a 425 big block engine in it and it just tears apart. Yeah. Sure, but those are interesting apart. words. Well, well, thanks to Kaylee. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah yes. I like Kaylee. She's I great. Do Kaylee is yes. the best. I love she, Kaylee. She, I love Anara too, she, though. I, so, so I think um, Anara is also uh, a nod to the alliance uh, with the Chinese because of the whole courtesan thing, where she is a sex worker, but she is also like a really well-respected, you know, person in society because. Um, it, it, you know, it's a different sort of situation where she really is more of just like an entertainer to the wealthy. Um, and it's not, you know, solely, you know, he call, he calls her a whore at one point and she's like, yeah, I've called him worse, you know, because yeah. it's not really an insult. It's not what she does. You know, like it's uh, I just really I really like uh, how they tackle that in sort of like a family friendly show at the same time. Yeah, that was one of the things I was going to say, too, is the the way she's treated and everything. And it's. There's no shame in her profession and what she does. I, I'm she's, a, I'm, she, I agree with you guys. The way they handle it is really good. Well, she says she goes to school. Like, she's taught how to be this person and kind of carry herself and do all these things to adapt to whoever she's with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of yeah. like geisha training. She's supposed yeah. to be kind of like a geisha. Yeah, she molds well, herself to her clients. Yeah, it, It's more of a yiji because it's Chinese. It wasn't geishas. Yeah, that's more oh, Japanese. <laughs> I'm, I would I'm have defaulted to what uh, EG was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna default <laughs> I, to Kara on this because sure I don't know. Correct. Um, but yeah, it is it is that kind of dichotomy. You see that he respects her, but he doesn't really respect her job, and so he puts it down and she has to remind him that she's, you know, the only one on the ship who earns a, a legal living. <laughs> the rest of them <laughs> are all um, no, but he even makes that comment too. He's like, Well, one of us has to make a legitimate business, or he so he he does say that too. An honest living, yeah. 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 Interesting. And that ends up being a point that their relationship ends up being a very strong point throughout the whole show. And kind of that dichotomy that he respects her and loves her possibly in some way. They, it's kind of, kind of think like Beverly and Picard they do, but they, they kind of stay away from it. And there's a bit of a will they won't they obviously that drama, but they do. They show that he really respects her. He just doesn't respect what she's choosing to do for a living, which is, Super ironic because he's a you know ex a smuggler and he kills people and smuggling yeah. <laughs> and doing all, all of that. Um, and speaking of the ship too, before they they built the entire Serenity by the way on in full size on the set. So when they went to do this show, they built it at full scale and would shoot it exactly there. They had the two different levels set in different places so that they could move between them pretty easily. But the whole set was there and. That's one big set. Uh, Holy cargo shit. bay is one, huge. It's yeah. one big set. 
And the lounge area was so comfortable that in between takes, they wouldn't go back to their trailers or their green rooms. They everybody just hung out in the lounge because it was so much more homey. Than wow. So much more. Well, interesting. I've heard, I've heard Nathan Fillion is like, this is like his favorite experience, like his favorite show that he's worked on. Cause it was just such a good en- environment from what I've yeah. heard. Hmm. And also speaking of Inara, she was going to be played by uh, an actress called Rebecca Gayhart. I don't oh, yeah. know her her yeah. other stuff very well. I figured you guys might because you're better with names. And she didn't have a very good chemistry with the crew. And they got Mar- Marina Baccarin. Mm. Uh, the day that they started shooting, they hired her, brought her in, and she started doing it. And they kind of just had to hope that the chemistry was right. And it's it's spot on. I mean, if there's anything I could possibly and say, oh boy, every character in this is cast correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Rebecca Gehart was the Noxzema girl. Oh, she did okay. some other stuff, too. Well, yeah. But she was but big in the that's, 90s. That's and... her, that was her kind of claim to fame. Yeah. yeah. Who's but the Noxzema girl? It's not helping. In the Noxzema commercials? Yeah, like Noxzema, like the acne wash. Yeah, there's not a lot of acting involved, but she was on the posters. Yeah, she was a cute blonde back in the day, and she did their, she was... Yeah, she did commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. pretty much. I'll believe you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when when did this show originally come out? Two thousand and two. Two thousand two. Yeah. Twenty years ago. Holy crap! No Just wonder she did. sit on that. Yeah, this is twenty years old. Ugh. But I mean, not um, even just not even just Malin and Nara. I mean, I think Zoe is perfectly cast, and I love how her character is written. Zoe and Washer, a great dynamic, and having. Um, Zoe is just as a strong female character without having to give up much of her femininity, which is a, a tough thing for to get in writing these days. A lot of the times when they try to make women into very strong characters, they kind of lose at least a part I, of that, I feel. I think I probably know why she didn't have any chemistry with anybody. She was in a major accident in 2001, and she killed a kid. Oh, oh. that could do it. So she probably lost <laughs> there. Yeah. A little yeah. Less. Right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rebecca Gayhart, who was originally cast, she was in a car accident. Noxima. Yeah, in June or July or something yeah. of, of, of 2001. Yep. And uh, she was driving behind a car or something, and it swerved, and she swerved the wrong way and hit them, and ended up killing like a nine-year-old kid that was in the car. And she's dealt oh. with PTSD and depression and survivor's guilt and everything since then. That would do it. She's been, yeah, she's been pretty open about that. So that I'm does like, make oh, sense as to why that would yeah, be there. six months or less than a year after a major accident like that and trying to work on a sh- Yeah. Thanks for Googling that right now. Just... Yeah. Wow. I, well, I remember we this lighthearted mood going and Phil just was in relation to it. So. We were going yeah. along just fine and Phil pulled a crazy Ivan on us. You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of crazy. No, that's. Oh, that's next episode. Speak- Sorry. Yeah, that is Damn next it. episode. But. Um, um no, yeah, I agree I, with you guys that like, casting is good. Adam Baldwin Adam Baldwin is Jane is just perfect. Are we, he's, he's wait, trying I thought to be the crazy, the I thought the crazy Ivan was in this episode. No, it's when they're on the I planet, it was, isn't it? No. I don't fucking remember. No, I think it was on this one. All right, well, I you believe guys, it was on yeah. this one. I was remember from like, uh, wait, I don't remember much. I don't. I didn't get much from this episode, but damn it, <laughs> you remember that? Um, <laughs> are we supposed to like Jane? I, I'm guessing so no. He and well, he's. He's kind of muscle. Front. Yeah, he's definitely muscle. He's trying to be the tough guy, and he is big and menacing. 
It's kind you of learn to love him as the show goes. Yeah, but he's definitely the gruff one. But is that uh, ironic because his name is Jane? Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the point. J-Y- boy called Sue. Yeah, J A Y N E, but Jane. So it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's kind of that boy called Sue kind of thing, exactly. Mm, and funny. yeah, and he yeah, see for it. Yeah. He's also a total yeah. asshole to Kaylee in this episode, so we can just wash our hands of him right now because he's. Yeah, he is a he's dick a, to her. Yeah, he's he's a, dick. a dick to everybody at some point. He's <laughs> it's just exactly yeah. how he is. I think but actually I think, that scene though is so good. Like like when how Mal just shuts him down and she's he's just like, you know, he he says something about like either close your mouth or I'll I'll sew it shut, and then he's like, get out of here when you won't shut up about it. I oh, love yeah. that. Leave walk away from this yeah. table he's just, yeah. he just tells him he's like walk away from this table now and he kind of looks at him like uh, uh, all right <laughs> there is a bit of a tone shift because if you see mal is just a dick in this first one in in the original pilot he's much more of a hard ass he's just kind of this hardened screw all you i'm not going to get attachments and then in the train job they, I think they lighten him up a little bit. He kind of, he's, he still has that edge, but he's making more jokes and he's a bit more comfortable. Yeah, so like there's definitely like, a tone shift. They did something. Having been a sergeant in the war, he first thinks of them as like cargo that came on board. I'm not going to connect with them. I mean, he says it like shoot them politely if they poke around and like <laughs> almost <Yeah. might> start <laughs> finding our stolen merchandise. Well, but even like, for the crew, politely, but um, but once he starts taking everybody on and thinks of them as his crew. That's like his his squadron, his command, mm. and he become he's still kind of addicted to them, but he becomes protective of them as well. You'll see that whenever any of them are in danger or something mm. is going on, he you see Papa Bear kind of come out yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and come through that, uh, which okay. is kind of funny because you have the the opposite in Wash. Wash is married to Zoe, who is this hard ass, and he is he's squishy, like <laughs> he just. <laughs> He is. I and love I love him. him. I mean, that, the, the opening scene is just classic with him playing with the dinosaurs and we'll, we'll live over yeah. this land. We'll call it this yeah, land. I'll call was, it your grave and curse your that, inevitable betrayal. That was another scene I scratch my head over. <laughs> it just it shows that he's a playful guy. I mean, he's the pilot. He doesn't lighten up, Phil. Was there was there <laughs> one was there one scene? Okay, was I Phil's seeing something, or was there one scene when he was like doing all the flying stuff? When he like wasn't holding the controls. Yes, I was gonna point that out. So there's there's a point where he's supposed to be holding onto something, but they wanted to see Zoe in the background, so they shifted the camera and he's miming doing it, and they forgot to put the, the handle in his hand. No, okay. it was supposed to. They were gonna digitally put a control in there oh my for him to grab it. And, okay, and I'm glad it. I'm glad it wasn't me just like losing my mind. I didn't even notice that. Which I do. I do feel like at this point is the perfect time to point out that the year after it was canceled in 2003, this won a daytime Emmy for outstanding special visual effects in a series. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Wow. Now the series as a whole did. Yeah. (laughs) The series as a whole did. And I I think it's, it gets better as you go through, but you're right, Phil. It's not a lot of space shots and battles and so on. I mean, think, think of Star Trek. You spend a lot more time inside the enterprise than you do outside watching it fly by most episodes you might see it go to warp and that's about it mm-hmm. i mean some they do there are ones that are that are heavy centric on the, it being outside but i don't know i i love i love wash i think he's my favorite character 
especially yeah. as he goes along. I mean, even when when she he says, "Oh, we should get some time together," and she goes, "All right, I'll ask the captain." And he's like, "Well, what if we just told him and didn't ask him?" She's like, "But he's the captain." And he's like, "Yeah, I'm just a husband." So they do kind of establish that there too that they get along, but he doesn't necessarily like Mal because he doesn't like how Zoe is kind of. I mean, she was his his number one yeah. um, back in the war, so, and she's. Was he only really brought along because Zoe's there and she's like, well, if I'm coming, then then my husband's coming too. too. I will push that question back at you and say, do you think that they came on the ship together or that they met on the ship? Well, probably met on the ship then. (laughs) I don't know. Yes, there will be an episode (laughs) coming up where we see Wash get recruited and Zoe's already there. Zoe gotcha. and Mal buy the okay. ship first, and then everybody else is recruited in interesting ways, and they do a pretty good job of covering that, too. Okay. Uh, but we'll save that for the future episodes. We don't need to dive into that Too here. much, yeah. Um, okay. And then, I mean, si- Simon, and we don't see much of River Tam, obviously, but Simon Tam, uh, I forget who plays him, but he was actually originally going to be Neil Patrick Harris. He had uh, auditioned for that oh role to play it. <laughs> yeah, it's a totally different vibe. <laughs> doop, doop, doop. Mm-hmm. He, he auditioned. He didn't get it, obviously. But I think that, again, I can't remember what his name is, but the guy who plays him, it just plays him spot on. He seems uptight and oh, from a rich family and kind of that whole thing. Now, when you guys were watching this, Phil and Jeff, did you think that River was going to be or that there was going to be a person in that box when he kicks it open? Yeah, because I kind of knew already that there was a All person, right. but I don't, I don't know the full backstory, but I knew there was like a a, a person. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a fucking clue. Plus, it's fucking Summer Glau. Like, I mean, I had the biggest crush on her from, like, the 4400 and some other stuff. But it's it's Summer Glau. She's in, you know, Terminator. I yeah, the Terminator that. series. I loved the, her in that. Sarah too. Yeah, and Chronicles. this was, I think this was her first, I don't know if it was her first acting gig per se, but this was definitely her Pretty breakout close. role. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so can I ask this without giving too much away, obviously, but it's like, obviously, they have some character backstory, but is is rivers like, are, do we figure out why they're after her or what she's doing? Why she's so special? Just like well, a yes or so no. This yes. show, when Joss Whedon okay. designed the show, we, we do. When Joss Whedon designed the show though, he ex, it planned for this to be a seven year series. So we do touch on it. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> but they do, they do touch on it. They get into a bit more in, in the movie. I think once they realized that the show wasn't going to go anywhere and it was time to wrap it up. Um, but it was meant, that was meant to be kind of the long haul of exactly what's her deal. Okay. And so now you just, all you need to know now is that she's just weird and kind of crazy, but you'll start but seeing like, the flash of the genius. Coming like through. You know, brilliant. Says, yeah. Yeah. How she was such a savant and everything. So it's kind of like a really, really smart person with mental illness. So they behave weirdly, but they're still super smart. Well, because yeah, that's the kind of thought, like brain man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but she I'm wasn't like that before. It's because of the alliance, right? Like they did experiments on her. Yeah. Well, they'll cover that. That's what I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do have a they do have an episode where they they kind of show Simon and River as kids and what happened to a degree, and mm. so on. And you get to see her before she was. She's the same, but not the same. <laughs> she's not yeah. quite as she like, makes she more just, sense. Sure. She was she's definitely still... traumatized. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that I have no doubt. Yeah. Who? Kara, who are your favorite characters? All of them. No, <laughs> Everyone. Um, <laughs> you can't make us pick between I, our children. 
<laughs> right? Exactly. Um, I, I think Kaylee's always going to be my favorite just because she's Kaylee. She's like the sweetest and everybody loves her and I love her. But um, I don't know. So before before this, the this idea that we had right here, um, I hadn't seen a single episode in like eight years. Mm. It had been a long time. So uh, now that I'm rewatching it, um, I like the 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 dinosaur thing. Like I washes washes like overcoming Kaylee like slowly. I love him so much. And then because I know so much more about him in general now, you know, because he's been in other things and like I've heard backstory about like well we won't talk about the movie but um, <laughs> David knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I do. All right. It's actually funny that that just jarred loose how I got into Firefly. So <laughs> back around 2003, 2004, it was really common, at least in the L.A. area, for them to stand outside of movie theaters and give out those pamphlets for screenings. Like, hey, this movie's oh, coming yep. out. If you come you this day that, at this time, you can see it a month ahead of time. And this was one of the ones that that was. And I was like, oh, it's a sci-fi thing. I'd never heard of Firefly or anything like that. Uh, and my wife, my current wife, she was my girlfriend back then, knew it. Current and wife. was like, my current wife. <laughs> the only wife I've had, but it is, she's currently my wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. And she was like, oh, you're going to like this. You have to see this. And I guess she had seen the series and, and knew what it was. And so literally when we watched it, like all of, you think of the special effects are bad now, Phil. It was all like <laughs> drawings put up. They hadn't put in the special effects. Yeah. So it was just drawings of it like coming oh, into the planet, yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. them popping the the thing on the outside and so on. And then once I watched the movie, I was like, oh, I have to go back and watch this show. And I went back and watched the show. And so luckily, I wasn't as upset that it had ended. I mean, I wanted more, but to me, I was like, ooh, bonus stuff off a movie because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a basically all, to the it's all new for you. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of kind of nice that way. And I think let's oh, and Shepard Book. I was gonna say, I feel like we're forgetting a member of the crew, but I feel like he has played perfectly too. I love that they have a religious person that isn't a dick because mm. I feel like so many things these days, anytime they put religion and they have to be super pious and judgmental. And he's got a little bit of that. Like when Anara comes down, you see kind of the tension or when he finds out what she is and mm -hmm. he a moment ago was like, Oh, it's not going to be a problem that I'm a shepherd. Right. And then he finds out she's a companion. Oh, that's not going to be a problem. Is it shepherd? But he, does exactly what he should have done. He gets over it and he says, no problem. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. I, I like him so far. I'm, I'm curious where it goes. I'm not the most religious person, but I, I, I find him to be an interesting character. Yeah. I like that. He's not, he's not a dick and he's very respectful of everybody else. He doesn't go around preaching to everybody on the ship all the time and trying to make them feel crappy. But if they do talk to him about either the Bible or what he believes, he talks to them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's fine. Everybody has their beliefs on the ship and everybody is entitled to their beliefs and they go through all of that. But I, I just like how I like his personality. He's very gentle and I like the way that they portrayed him. Uh, I liked him with uh, Kaylee, like their kind of first interaction. Like, yeah, because she's very sweet and he's he's very kind to her as well. I like that. And she's kind of the little sister to everybody on the ship, which cracks me up that she's the mechanic, but she's mm -hmm. really good at it. She's a badass. Even in this one, when yeah. the Alliance cruiser comes by, they go, okay, shut everything off. And she runs around and she's hitting everything. And then she jumps up and turns off the last thing and then goes, oh, crap, now I can't get down. Like, <laughs> like she's really good at it, but it is just <laughs> inherent. She doesn't think it through. She just 
feels the ship and can kind of make it work. Kind of yeah. a Scotty, I would say, in like in Star Trek. He's less she's much less of a LaForge and much more of a Scotty where it's like I'm feeling her, she's moving. Yeah. Hold, Everything's hold the broken. whole ship together with bailing wire. Yeah. 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 Which is essentially what it is. But it is, I think it's I think it is good. I think this would have been a better pilot to air than train job personally. I see Phil feels a little bit differently. Um but any anything else anybody thinks about this one? I know we kind of covered Firefly and its inception, and we haven't talked episode. about the fact that Mac Mark Shepard is on this. Mark Shepard is a god. Mark Shepard is he he's like the sci-fi god, and if he signs off on a show, you have to love it. Like it's just how it is. <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay, nobody kill me. Who's Mark Shepard? <laughs> yeah, me me googling Mark Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm he's sure you're right. I just don't recognize him. Oh, he plays. Um, he was on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, he's on. He's on everything. He he's plays Crowley in Supernatural. He's yep. um, X Files. <laughs> what's the, what's the name medium? of his character in this? It's not Gopher. Mm, uh, it's Badger. Um, Badger. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, by he's the way. Good. So oh, he, he was. was on, he was on an episode of Voyager. All right, he's okay. He was. He is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's on everything. So, there, there is a rumor about this show. That there is a small Han Solo and Kryptonite hidden in the background of every episode, because Nathan <laughs> Fillion was a huge Star Wars fan, loved Han Solo, and he, it is in this episode. I know none of you probably spotted it, no. but in the scene with Badger when he's talking to him, it's sitting on it's a 12-inch tall Han Solo and Carbonite sitting on his bookshelf behind him, nice. <laughs> and, and you could see it if you look really, really close. Uh, but I found that out researching for this show. I'd never seen it before. So now I've been looking at the background of every episode trying to find them. And I found quite a few. We'll get them as we go through and see what else we can find. But yeah, he he plays a good character and Badger will come up again in the series. Um, okay. But just that it had that kind of feeling of the Old West of like, OK, yeah, I hired you to do it. Yep. Now I'm not going to pay for it. You got to go. Cause you, Mark Shepard is good. I like him. I do. I uh, now that I know who you're talking about, I love him in everything. Crowley Care was right. Supernatural. Crowley's so good. <laughs> he was on Charmed too. He was a demon on Charmed. Is there a show he hasn't done? Like, no, I do no, feel like yeah, like, he's just he's all been in every good show. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, because yeah, oh. Doctor Who, Star Trek. I mean, Supernatural. This yeah, he's been in a lot of shit. And he's on uh, Doom, uh, a patrol. Yeah, he's on Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. He plays a magician or like is, a warlock so in weird. Doom Patrol, along with the sex ghosts. Sex ghosts. Nice. <laughs> he played he play a fire manipulator on, uh, on X-Files. Nice. Why does he always play like either a bad guy or like a supernatural thing? Because he's British and he looks evil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so good at it. British people are either butlers or bad guys. That's how it goes. Like, <laughs> no. And Doctor Who, he plays like an FBI agent. An American FBI. Oh, he does? Okay. Yeah, or something. Oh, what? interesting. With his father in the same episode as, as his father. Just putting that out there. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and his father. Yeah, that's a nice little tidbit. And his father was actually played the uh, Klingon uh, warden at Rurapente in Star Trek VI. Ha ha. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to go in deep full with circle. Jeff. All right. We're just doing six degrees of Star Trek here. Yeah, I was just hey. going to say, we're not doing Kevin Bacon. We're doing Star Trek. <laughs> How do we get to Star Trek from here? Yeah, we can do it. 
All right, Phil, as we're approaching our end, what's the Philometer? And Jeff, you're going to have a Jeffometer here in a minute, so be thinking. So before the episode, I mean, after watching, before us talking, I would have said like two, maybe three. Talk now that I've now that we've talked it out and I've been able to get some questions answered that the episode didn't bother to answer that they probably should have. Um, It's probably going to be a five. I I have to have some kind of a baseline because I know the the next episode is better. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's any stinkers in this series. So I I don't think there is. So but I'm gonna I'm gonna set this as a five with the right to revise later after watching <laughs> more. <laughs> oh no there. no no! There's Down no the revisions. Yeah. This is this is your thoughts now and then. No, I, res- I reserve my I reserve that right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would I don't know if I I definitely wouldn't agree that it's a five, but it is. I think this is the lowest of the episodes. So I think you'll like the other ones more moving forward, especially as you do. If you don't like the way they talk, that's going to take some a little bit of getting used to. I yeah. love the way they talk. I feel like it's so it's like poetry. <laughs> I feel like it's hokey and whatever. So, but like I said, I reserve the right to to adjust. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, Jeff, Jeff O'Meter. Um, I'm going to go five as well because again, it's the pilot. I'm, that's my baseline i don't have anything else to compare it to so i'm gonna go five just to be nice go uh, from there. You cheaters all right fine well but i can't give it a 10 because i can't it's yeah i don't oh, I, I have you. to kind of get more information like like the there's no pilot of star trek that i'm gonna give a 10 to they're just they're not that good because you need to get into the characters in the story so i'm i'm going five yeah okay well Kara, having seen all of firefly how would you rate this episode from one to ten I think it does a good job at what it's trying to do. I'm going to be diplomatic here. I will give it a seven. You say whatever it, you it want. Better. Yeah, don't no, be diplomatic. No, we thrive I, on drama. Rip them to shreds. No, I like, like I'm trying to come at it from from like having no knowledge, right? Mm. Like like the two of you guys. Mm. Um, and I can see how it wouldn't be very good because like you're not invested in the characters. You have no idea what's going on. I mean, we get a peek at the Reavers, but you have no idea what is happening with those. You don't know what the alliance is yet. Like, you don't know what is at stake. So, you know, what it is, is like not that much. So it's a seven and a half. It's good. Can I ask about that? So actually, that was one of my favorite scenes was that whole Reaver thing, because it's like they're all terrified. I didn't even go there because of this. Yeah. Okay, so I I like that they're all scared of something like and obviously they so there is like some tension there just because of how horrible they are. So I'm curious where that's going to go. I I was really fascinated by that. Yeah, I thought that the, again the acting, but the writing too. They give you a real good feeling of tension that they're all terrified of these things. It's basically the boogeyman in space yeah, that everybody has told stories like, about. The, this is awful if we get caught. Oh yeah, and when they're on that path and they try not to move and they cross them. Mm-hmm. Uh, crap. Was that this episode? That was this episode. Yeah. That's this one. When, yeah. they, <laughs> when they see them, cause then they follow them down to the planet and then they do the U-turn to get out. They're the crazy yeah. Ivan. Um, oh, maybe but yeah, when they're doing that episode. Float, yeah. Sorry. When they're floating by. It's like, it's like those tense scenes in submarine movies where they're like, are they going to see us? Is it going to be? Yeah. It was, it yeah. was very, it was very hunt for red October ish. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh, so okay, oh. maybe that's why I'm I'm an idiot. So, but this is the same episode because it was 90 minutes where they go to the old west town to make the deal for the food. That's this is yep. the same episode. Okay, fuck. I'm yeah. yeah, when they when they meet patients and he that's right. has Jane take over the sniper and so on. So you see a lot okay. of that where they're kind of like it, it is a lot of we don't trust you, you don't trust us, but we have to try and do business because we all are trying to starve out here and see who they mm. can do. And yeah, it doesn't go smooth. Gotcha. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm with you now. But that what's yeah, funny is when you're talking. It's very old thing, west. Yeah. It is. I think it's just wrapping your head around that, just because I mean, which I think is why I like the Expanse because it is probably more realistic. It's not all shiny and new like Star Trek as much as I love it, but the Expanse probably is more realistic. Of like, there's going to be the haves and the have-nots, and even though we're in space, there's still going to be really stupid shit, and we're going to treat people like really awful. So. Yeah, this has its level of realism and its level of fantasy to it. And then, yeah, yeah Expanse, I think, is probably the most. But it's interesting that you mentioned Hunt for Red October, Phil. That's where Joss Whedon got the idea for the Crazy Ivan maneuver is in Hunt for Red October, they do a 360 turn to make sure nobody's following them mm-hmm. and then keep going. And then when he designed the Firefly ship to look like a Firefly and have those engines, he's like, just turn one backwards and, psh, and take I off. I like that. Mm. That was cool. Interesting. Which is, is the the other reason this kind of makes to the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon and this both are almost characters in the story. They're very unique and they use mm. their uniqueness to be capable of doing certain things and so on. And despite supposedly being some derelict ship from a long time ago, are able to have so many tricks up their sleeve. They're constantly surprising people who are supposed to be better equipped, uh, faster, right. more capable. Mm. <laughs> Which is is some of the fun as we go through the series. You see some of the things they do. They had that in this too. The opening scene, one of the opening scenes where they're taking all the stuff off of the ship, and the Alliance cruiser comes by. They activate the crybaby, and the crybaby <laughs> is that little yeah. <laughs> that little, little thing box. out in the way off that, but sound makes it look like it's a huge ship asking for help mm. because the Firefly doesn't have any or Serenity doesn't have any guns. It's a yeah. transport ship. Yeah. And you'll see mm-hmm. you'll see that everything they do, they have to do creatively. They cannot just get into a gunfight and try to fight their way out. So there's no phasers, no proton torpedoes, no shields, no nothing. Photon. Oh, no, I can reference two. I can reference two different fandoms in <laughs> one sentence. Thank you very much. Uh, Star Wars does have proton torpedoes. Fine. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that kind of <laughs> covers everything. Any last thoughts? Any uh, questions? Any other questions? Anything we didn't cover? Oh, a million, but we'll get into it, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm I'm keeping an open mind. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Now that we forced you to watch it, now you're keeping an open mind? I see how it is. <laughs> if I made you watch <laughs> all of TOS, I can watch this for 15 episodes. Yeah, we can, we can only make fun of you for so many years. <laughs> yeah. I'm not watching. And, 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 and a movie, anymore. Jeff. And a movie, sorry. Yep. Uh, yeah. 15 episodes and a movie. Yeah. Deal. <laughs> do that. All righty. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Aiming to Misbehave, a Nerd Trek podcast or Nerd Trek Network podcast. Um, I don't know what else to say. Oh, check us out at nerdtrekpodcast.com. We have links to all of our social medias there. Uh, you can meet the nerds in the Meet the Nerds section and buy some of our stuff at Cafe Press. And this is the best Firefly podcast, the only show that has ever been, not ever been, I'm sorry. One of the few episodes, shows that has ever been taken up and is now on the International Space Station. That is true. They have to watch this. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's on a Betamax, so it's a Betamax. <laughs> so after you wrap your mind around that and enjoy the best show in the verse, give us a five star rating and review, and we'll read it out over the air. Cool. This is fun. Say bye, everybody. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>